great to be back in the pulpit. I feel like even though all the little things that we've done has been kind of uh, ceremonial, it's great to be back in His Word and to study His Word. The Deep Red Sea Journey. God laid this on my heart a few weeks ago, and I said, God, I don't know what you want me to say or how you want me to present it, but I'm going to present it, and prayerfully that you'll understand it, and we'll get through it this morning. He is our all, He's our best, He is my hope, and He is my righteousness. And I love you, Lord. Have you ever found yourself in a desperate situation? Have you ever felt like you were painted in a corner? Did it seem that there was no possible way out? Have you ever felt like you were between a rock and a hard place? Maybe financial problems, family problems, health, faith has been faltering and wavering. Your hope was halted and victory vanished. We see this morning, if you would please, turn in your Bible to Exodus chapter 14, that this is the case with the children of Israel. They find themselves in a desperate situation. They are trapped with nowhere to turn. And there seems to be no way, no way out. What's happened? They're caught between the Pharaoh and the deep Red Sea. The children of Israel were absolutely trapped between the devil and, in this case, the deep Red Sea. The devil was Pharaoh. The Red Sea, which is not red, but the mountains surrounding it have a red tint, was uncrossable by human standards. The Red Sea is over 1,200 miles long and in places over a mile deep. Ron Wyatt, a well-known archaeologist, about 20 years ago found what many think is the exact spot this event occurred. It is at the Aquaba Gulf, some scuba divers have actually found old chariot wheels and human remains. As you can see, this place is a perfect description of how the Israelites were boxed in by mountains to the south, an Egyptian fortress to the north, Pharaoh's army behind them, and the sea in front. Here, the sea is some 5 to 8 miles across and 250 to 300 feet deep. The Israelites are trapped. But let's take a moment to look at how the children of Israel got trapped. This, this wasn't a military blunder, but incredibly, it was by God's design. God could have led the children of Israel on a more direct route to the promised land. A direct route from, Israel, from Egypt to Israel is about 350 miles. Even two million people could walk that in six to eight weeks. But God said if they went the short route, they would encounter the Philistines, who were a warring people, and the children of Israel were soft from 400 years of slavery and not ready for battle. Exodus 13, verse 17 says, God said, If they see that they have to fight a war, they may change their minds and go back to Egypt. So God took them the long route. Watch closely. And 
episode two is Exodus, which relates to the book of Exodus. And when Pharaoh, finally, after all the plagues and the death of his son, releases the Israelites, you know, led by Moses and Aaron, and leads them on their way. And of course, we know the story, but Pharaoh changed his mind. He realizes he's so mad that his son died, he's going to go after and catch the Israelites and kill Moses. And they chase them. And the Israelites are blocked at the Red Sea. They can't go around it. They can't walk through it. They don't know what to do. They start to question. What do we do now? Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us here to die? But Moses knows to have faith and trust in God. And Moses prays to God, God, help us. Lord, help us. And the waters rise up and part. And the beauty in that scene, this great, epic, biblical miracle, it speaks to me time and time again because I always think, what are the, the obstacles in my life? When are the moments in my life that I think I can't possibly get across that sea? And the Israelites escape through, chased so closely by the Egyptians. And once the last Israelite reaches the other shore, God closes the sea and vanquishes the enemy. We had an opportunity here with our series to create a new take on one of the most famous biblical scenes ever. And we have brought the parting of the Red Sea to life in ways that will just dazzle the audience. always moving for me is as I look at that because I want you to start off this morning and I want you to say this with me God is with us isn't it amazing just to know that we have God with us that he walks us through some of those valley experiences of our life this week I know I've not repeated it once. I've probably said it two or three times. 
The God of the mountain is still the God of the valley. When things go wrong, He makes them right. There are times in our lives when we, like the children of Israel, are facing a Red Sea crossing. And there are several things that we need to do that will enable us to cross the Red Sea in our lives. And this morning, I would like to read to you and... and I was telling Pastor Chris in my office, I said, I don't know really where I'm going with this message. And I have three points that go of the past, look to your faith, and launch forward. I don't know if I'll get to all of them this morning. I don't know where I'm even going with the message. But I know what the Lord has laid on my heart. And I'll just do as He wills this morning. But I love His Word. Now, I want to take you as God is telling um, Egypt, listen, you need to let my people go. So as you heard in the video and you saw that if you were to go back and trace back that God spoke to Moses, but yet a lot of things took place in his word. You know, isn't it amazing? Now, I want to just um, kind of go with you, and I know it starts when the plagues start. We, we notice that Moses' rod in Exodus chapter 7, it turns into a serpent, then there was a plague of blood, plague of frogs. The plague of lice, plague of flies, the plague of the cattle, the plague of the boils, the plague of hail, the plague of locusts. Now we're up to um, Exodus chapter 10 where there's the plague of darkness. And, uh, and then the death, death of the firstborn was threatened. Then we experience the Passover. And then what happens is the death of the firstborn. And then the Israelites after that finally get a chance to leave Israel. Now, a lot of times we, you know, I remember when I was a little boy, speaking about the Old Testament always bored me. You know, I'd always hear the, the pastor start speaking. I'm like, nation of Israel, Egypt. I know they were let out of there, but I'm kind of bored with this story. Well, this morning, I want to make it a little bit applicable to your life. I don't want you to look at this story as something that is just another story, but the power of Almighty God. And how God used Moses, a young man who came across through the water and was raised in a royal home. God pre-planned his whole life out. There was favor in Moses' life. And then he became a prophet of God. And here we are at a crossroads. Here we are at a place where there's nowhere to turn. A lot of things have taken place. Pharaoh finally said, you can get out of Egypt, you can go. Now, I want you to remember what Pastor Chris read. They were in captivity for hundreds of years. Reminds me of our Bhutanese or Nepali or uh, the refugee community. Some of those children have been raised in the refugee community. That's all they know is a hole in the ground for a toilet. All they know is once a week you run over and you grab water. That's all they know. There's nothing else that they know. You come to America, then you have to teach them to flush a toilet and to turn on water. What is that? I don't get it. But I come to you today to say, for the same reasons, you've been living in a cesspool of misery. You have faced adversity in your life. You have gone through some difficulties and through some struggles, and I don't know if it's your health. I don't know what you're going through, but God does. And He is the one that wants to deliver you today from all that adversity in your life. You have to let Him do that for you. The first key is to what? Surrender. 
and to let go of that past. Yes, you've had financial difficulties, but when was the last time that you got on your knees and that you prayed and said, God, deliver me from this bondage that I'm in to money and to material riches? When was the last time in your health that you said, God, free me from this adversity and this affliction on my soul and my body? Be careful, Jody. I see you over there. All right, we went to Faith Family last night, okay? It was the family field trip is what I called it. I'd always wanted to go down there. How many of you have passed by the Hoover building down there in Canton? Well, I have to tell you something. It's quiet, and Jody says to me last night, I can't do this, because there was a lady that was behind us, and all she did, the whole sermon, was this. Yes. Mm-hmm, this is good. Mm-hmm, this is good. Mm-hmm, this is good. Mm-hmm, this is good. Preach it. That's good. Mm-hmm. I want to turn around and say, it is good if I could just hear. But you can't say amen. You can get a little excited sometimes, all right? It's okay. We're in church. My goodness. You know, it's so funny because, you know, it, it, was, it was exciting to go there. But one thing we've lost is the church of what's happening now. Everybody wants to be it. And I'm going to share with you today really where God has taken us through without, without me losing track of, you know, my message and my points and, and so forth. But, you know, when, when I look at even the children of Israel, they're standing at a place, and as you heard him say, there was the Red Sea, and all, you know, they're turning around, and all they see is a big cloud. And it wasn't the cloud of the Lord, it was, you know, the, the soldiers that were coming. And the Bible numbered them. And here they are trapped. Have you ever felt that way, trapped? And there's no way out, but upward. And then you have to get on your knees and say, Oh, God, help me. I need your help. You see, Diana says to me last night, my sister-in-law, she said, Can I ask you a question? Please tell me we'll never get rid of the altar call. And I said to her, We're never getting rid of the altar call. Because when you're trapped, sometimes the only place to come is to an altar. And if God didn't see the significance of an altar, it wouldn't be in the Bible. But here we go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> and so, but what's happened is, it's like cattle. Get them in the church and get them back out the church. We don't have time. <laughs> Would you all stop it? We don't have time. <laughs> and so we don't have time to stop altar calls. This is where people get saved. Listen, I don't have a tent outside and I don't have a room that you can go to. This is the room. We've walked into the sanctuary. We've come to church for a reason. And now you're amongst God's people with people that have the same heart as you, and if you don't have the same heart, which is a Christ-like heart, then today's your day of salvation. Today is your day of deliverance where you become a changed woman or a changed man or a changed young person. That's why we come to church. And we're so afraid, listen, 
were so afraid, just like the children of Israel lived in captivity. And here's what they said. I can't go through that water. They're going to kill me. It was better being a slave. We, want, we always want to go back to the place of that, that place of misery where there was no victory, no freedom. And listen, you've become so used to a church that doesn't have the Holy Spirit and is not real and is not alive that we've thrown Him out the door and we said, you know what, forget it. It's all about the temperature, the music, and everything that's going on in the church. God said to me when, when I was down at... Uh, Hawking Hills, or whatever the Hawking Hills. I want to say Indian Bear Lodge. Bloom, I didn't go there. Bloom where you're planted. The children of Israel, God's always trying to speak to them. And I love what Steve said this morning. He's still speaking to them. And here we are today at a crossroads in our life, a crossroads in our church. And we want to be so politically correct that we have now thrown out the Bible and now we want to follow the constitutions and the bylaws instead of the Word of God. Now I'm tired of it. And so God called Moses. Where? He was at the burning bush and God called him. But he had plans for him when he was a little boy. For the same reason... God called me to pastor this church and I have a responsibility and accountability just like you do before God Almighty. However, what takes place in the church and the direction of the church, God has implanted within me a vision. For example, Moses comes to the water and the people walk up to him and go, We can't do it! I want to go back! <laughs> And what does Moses do? <sighs> Give it up. Quit your crying. You're acting like a baby. God is in control. And he grabs a hold of the relationship that he has. See, he knew his God. So he grabs a hold of him and he says, God, will you do something? And we're going to read in his word exactly what took place, and what he did for the children of Israel. Let's look at this. Now, I'm going to back up. We're going to Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. And I love when it talks about the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire, that God showed himself, led them. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God let them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, let peradventure the people repent when they see war, and they return to Egypt. Now what I love about that, he, he was afraid that they would change their minds. Have you ever been driving down the road and God says, take a right turn right now? And you go, no. And he says, yes. And you say, no. And he says, yes. Now when you take that right hand turn, that leads to the way of Calvary. When you continue to go straight, that leads to the way of destruction. You hear what I'm saying? Rod, what's the scripture verse? Uh, right, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Narrow is the way. That what? Mrs. Tackett? That leads to life everlasting, but few be there that find it. 
We come to church to have a relationship with Almighty God. And we're always telling Him there has to be a better way. Let me tell you something. I did not bring up faith family. I praise the Lord what Brother Mike Caminetti's doing. Hallelujah, the Lord's blessing. And I'm thankful for what he's done. And that man has persevered for 25 years. And it's great to see. Yes, their ministry is different than ours. But reality is this. God gave him a vision and he's fulfilling it. And I praise God for that. And so just because I said, mm-hmm, that's good, from the lady that was behind us, I'm like, yeah, the word of God is good. Did I just hear it? Okay, back to what I was reading. Verse 18, but God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him for he had straightly sworn to the children of Israel saying, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones away hence with you. And they took their journey from Sukkoth and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by night and by day and night, which was the Shekinah glory of God. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Isn't that exciting? You guys have experienced favor of God. This church has experienced the favor of God. Well, what do you mean, pastor? We've seen us move from a deck to the YMCA, to the Court Cultural Center. One year we've been in this church, okay? God leads us. We see evidence of His glory. We see evidence of the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden, we don't like something that went on in the church. Circumstances happened in our job, our family, our home. And you know what we did? I'm not going anymore. You're just like the children of Israel. Here's what they did. They still questioned. They saw God move and they still questioned the power and authority of Almighty God. We are becoming a lazy, lazy Christian community. Amen. And we have got to get back to a place where we get on our face before God and we cry out and say, God, do something with our churches. When I see a steeple that's dedicated for free, I get excited. Because churches are writing out checks from fifteen dollars to $30,000 for a steeple and God provided it for free. When I see new windows in a sanctuary that were provided for free, I know that God is at work and He's alive. See, He's still the same God today as He was yesterday and He will be tomorrow. And so the children of Israel are losing their way because they're saying there's no way we can get through this water. There's nowhere to turn. (coughs) Excuse me. We're going to go back to where we came from. Slavery. And God says to them, Where is your faith? And so we continue to read. We're now in the instruction of the Israelites in verse 14. And I'm just going to start as, to skip over some of this, but we'll go right to uh, verse 10. Pharaoh's coming. They're coming after him. He made ready his chariots. They're, They're 
after him. Verse 10 says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were what? They were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, for we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Now, I want to stop right there. Because when, when I look at this text, it's always like that. People will say to me, but pastor, there's no hope. We don't have hope. What are you talking about? You mean God can deliver me from addictions? God can, can deliver me. He can heal me. He could give me a hope and a future. And we've come to a church. We've come to a place in our walk and in our life where God wants to deliver you. But yet, if you'll notice, the children of Israel even said to Moses, come on, if you'd have just kept us in, in slavery, things would have been better. Now my life's going to be taken. I'd rather work as a slave than I would be to reap the blessings of God. And now we're a church saying we're ready to reap the blessings of God and people are holding back the reins. It is time in America again that the Holy Spirit comes back to the church. Why do you know people have said to me, Pastor, why do you start off the service with, you know, I'd like to welcome the Spirit of God. I'd like to usher the Holy Spirit in here because I'm not bound down to this cross and I'm not going to worship a pumpkin. I'm worshiping Almighty God. And my praise and my worship goes to him this morning from all the distractions of getting up, getting kids going, cleaning accounts, being married, having children, cooking, cleaning, running around, doing what we do in our daily lives to come to this place to say, God, you said in your word, we're two or more gathered. You'll be there. Your presence will be there. You'll fill his presence. So God's with us here today, and He wants to do a work in and through you, if you'll let Him. So we continue, and here's what Moses said unto the people in verse 13. He said, listen, fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show to you today for the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall what? Fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all of his toasts and upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. <coughs> Excuse me. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. The pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud of darkness to them. But it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. 
Let's continue. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land. And the waters were divided, and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Can you imagine? Just stop for just a minute. You know, I, I, love, I love technology. I love that we can Google. I love YouTube, and I'm glad we can see. Didn't, didn't the Bible miniseries, wasn't that phenomenal? I think they did a great job of depicting, really, uh, the Word of God. Yes, there's some tweaks and twerks and stuff, but it is entertainment, and you, you have to understand that. But, um, but to think about a mighty wall, a mighty fortress like that on both sides, and Moses looks at him and says, all right, let's go. That's how God works. He shows himself real by our obedience. You see? We have to be obedient. So in verse 23, the Egyptians pursued and went in, in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning, watched the Lord looked onto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drove them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. That wasn't the Lord, it was Yahweh. Yahweh fought for them. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters, thank you, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength. When the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew it, the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Verse 28, and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as, how many? Not even one of them lived. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed, circle that, believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Father, bless the next few minutes. Bless our hearts. May they be receptive to your word. Speak through me. Hide me behind the cross. In your shadows, may your word go forth, may not come back void, but may it prosper thereto which you want it sent to the heart and to the soul, to the bone and marrow of each soul that's here today. In your name we pray. Amen. Say this with me. God is with us. Amen. When Moses and God's people arrived at the shores of the Red Sea, they could see the Egyptians rapidly approaching behind them. And what I want you to understand is Egypt represents the world. The problem was that they became accustomed to slavery, and we saw that, which was found in verse 12, where they said, it had better, been better for us to serve the Egyptians, take us back to where we were at, we'd like to be slaves. Sometimes we have the tendency to look back when we come to the Red Sea in our lives. Our old life won't help us. When times are rough, we feel like giving up and going back to our old life, going back to the things that were. Isn't it funny how we oftentimes concentrate on the things that used to be? What we used to have. What we used to do. There's nothing wrong with the memories, but we won't cross those red seas in our lives by looking to the past, by looking to our old life before we knew the Lord. 
the past representative of our old life can't and won't help us. We can never overcome what is in front of us if we keep looking backwards. Do you hear what I'm saying? We can never overcome what is in front of us if we keep looking behind us. You see, the Lord has been constantly proving himself to us, taking us through dangers seen and unseen. Israel was so paralyzed with fear that they were willing to give up and settle for a life of despondency and hopelessness. It amazes me that when things go wrong in our Christian lives, in our Christian circles, the first, first thing we do is blame the Lord and sometimes turn our backs on him. Listen, church, do you hear me? The first thing we do is go, I can't believe he just did. Why does God do bad things to good people? Well, because he's God. That's why. And because he wants to give you a hope in the future. Because he loves you. He wants change in your life. Think about it. We started off by saying they could have went a quicker route, but had they gone the quicker route, what would have happened? They would have been in war. They were not ready to fight the Philistines. Okay? So God said, we're going to take you around this way, follow Moses. Isn't it amazing? In the church, God speaks to the pastor, and we want to go another direction. Thank you. Do you hear what I'm saying? God speaks to the pastor and we want to go another direction. Do you know what Jamie Ragel said to me as we're driving down the street? He said, brother, you don't think of yourself very highly. I said, pardon me? He said, no, I'm going to say something that you need to hear. You're the pastor of New Hope. Lead those people. Direct them and guide them. You know one thing I've noticed? Now I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out here just like this. Could you imagine them walking up to Moses going, we can't do it? And Moses goes, I know. Grab your floats and your raft. Let's start oaring across the sea. <laughs> stroke, stroke. I mean, can you imagine? No, here's what he said. You need to fear God. Listen to me, church. I fear God. And he knows it. I'm scared to death. Pastor Chris and I are walking through Chicago. And I looked Chris in the eye and I said, Chris... You're new here at New Hope. But I'm going to tell you this. I fear God and His authority. And what goes on in this church and the decisions that are made, I fear Him. And I fear what takes place, what goes on tomorrow. Sure, I just want to be a willing, surrendered vessel, just like you. But I know what my calling was. It wasn't until I was on my hands and my knees two weeks ago, that I realized the touch of Almighty God, and He said this, Listen, I have impregnated inside of you the vision for new hope. Don't let anybody else try to mar it. Don't let Him blur that focus. I've done that. I've said, well, maybe I, 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 I don't want to hurt Him. Well, guess what? You're going to get hurt. Get over it. Amen. I mean, that's church. This is the Word of God. Listen, if, if Moses would have listened to the children of Israel, guess what would have happened? They'd all be dead. They would all be dead. Do you hear me, church? Start getting excited. And if you're in the Word, and if you're praying, and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to cause a revival in your soul, then you won't question. You'll just keep on going. Amen. Glory. 
I mean, that's the way God works. And so he parts the Red Sea. He goes through. And they're all excited. And then they start singing a song. I know what's in here. i got to find it. And, uh, and so, I think it's in Exodus 15. The song of Moses then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. And here's what they said. I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength. He is my song. And he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. And I just have to say, wow. They get to the other side, and they see him raise his staff, his rod, and they turn around and walk away and said, what are we going to eat? What's for dinner? They already forgot. We as a church have forgotten the power of Almighty God. I am so convicted of what has gone on in the church. And I'm, I'm saying the church at large. But we are the body. We are the body. You know, you know the song? So we've got to get excited and start doing what God wants us to do. So, he said, stop looking to the past. People say all the time, but what if? But and, um, if we do that, then um, what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. Let God worry about it. We see, we don't have faith. So we need to get rid of the past. So many times we give up and settle for anything instead of receiving all that God has for us. If you're going to cross that Red Sea, you've got to let go of the past. We've got to stop allowing the enemy to convince us to return to the things that God has already brought us out of. God brought the children of Israel out of bondage, and He brought us out of the bondage of sin by putting His Son on the cross. Whew. So, too, you need to look to your faith. Verse 13 of Exodus 14 says this, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But I love what he said. Don't fear. Listen closely. I wish this was mine, but it, it didn't come from me. But, you know, studying I found, and I thought it was really, really profound. Don't allow the enemy to keep you in the confinement of fear, for fear is not of the Lord. In fact, fear is opposite of faith. F-E-A-R is nothing more than false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. It's a trick that the enemy will use to keep you entangled and entrapped in his snare. It's a mind thing. Do you hear what I'm saying? Let me give you an illustration. Uh, where is Lindsay? Are they helping set up for downstairs? I, I don't know who was in the car. Maybe it was Victoria Megan. We're coming up uh, Talmadge Avenue. We're driving in the car. I'll demonstrate. Mm, we're listening to music. Turn the music down, girls. Oh, just kidding. And uh, so we're driving. And I looked up to my right-hand side, and here's what it said. Experience seven floors of hell. 
Hold on a minute. Experience seven floors of hell. In the word it says, it shall be a lake of fire where the soul does not die. Where you can't even get a drop of water on your tongue. I don't want to experience seven floors of hell. And Satan loves fear. He loves to derive that fear and that excitement in your heart because, you see, it's entertainment. Well, I'm going to give you guys a profound thought here from my theological days. Are you ready, Pastor Chris? Here's here's the key to it. That's not hell. Because you're not walking out of hell if you're there. And I don't want to experience it, nor do I want to experience the fear of entertainment. See, here's what people think. See, we have discredited haunted houses. Let's go. Let's get our heartbeat going. Let's pee our pants, do what we do. I don't know. But get all freaked out and say... We've experienced the haunted schoolhouse and the laboratory. But when I looked at them, I said, girls, that's so false. As we have this demonic look, first of all, Jamie, first of all, isn't that how Jamie Ragel did it? First of all, he don't look like that. He's going to be transformed. He's beautiful. Remember, he was an angel. So don't think that he's some scary little monster. No, he's going to be very, very sharp, keen, and sly. A businessman, distinguished in all his ways. But I think we've come to realize, as Christians, it's okay. It's just entertainment, Pastor. And we wonder why we're losing our children to hell because they think that's what hell's all about seven floors Woo! it's exciting yay no i'm here to to let all of you know that it's real the children of israel came upon their hell and guess what they didn't want to go through it They wanted to turn around and go back to the entrapment that Satan had for them. Now, I want everybody's attention. I want you to look here, and we're going to close. I'll give you two more points next week on this thought, because my mind has about 950,000 points that I'd really like to make, and there's just not enough time on a Sunday morning. But because I've spent some time in regard to this message I want you to know something that as I've seen God and I know that he's real in my life I want all of you to know that God wants to deliver you from your Red Sea experience and maybe you won't be here next week maybe you'll be back to California or maybe you'll be you know back and you've got things going on and maybe you have to work but some of you have held on to the past and it's not good 
Some of you have been in a place where it's caused problems in your relationship. And guess what? It's even caused problems in the church. And it's also, you know, trickled over into the body of believers. We say all the time that we have freedom, we have liberty, that I'm free in Christ, that there's victory. But if you're free and there's victory in your life, then would you show the lost and dying world just that? Do you know it was years, I believe it was seven years that the Egyptians did not go back to that place? Why would they? You know, we can go back and have a memorial. We can go back and see the hand of God. And we want to be reminded. God always wants to remind me, listen, Todd, remember the time when I picked you up off that floor from praying and I brought you to your feet and you sensed my presence and you sensed my power. When you get discouraged, you visit that place often. Don't give up. And so I've got to go back to that place Where was your salvation experience? Where was it at? What was it like? What was your situation that you journeyed through? Where was your level of trust and faith? It says in that latter part, be still. Stand still. So Moses said, fear not and stand still. This morning, we're going to stand. But in the stillness of this room, I want you to ask yourself an important question. God, do I still believe? Do I still believe in your power? Do I still believe that you have all authority? Listen to me. You're going through something right now because God's allowed you to go through it. So that when you get to the other side, you then can see the hand of God. You don't have to be afraid. Just journey. But allow God to be a part of that experience in and through your life. You see, this church has been an experience for me. The eight years have been a huge experience for my wife and I. We've lost some very close friends and some dear friends. You can't say that, Pastor. I could say whatever I want to say. Thank you. Because I'm tired of being locked and somebody throw away the key and I'm not allowed to say anything for fear you're going to go. Well, don't let the doorknob hit you where the good Lord... Because I told Pastor Chris this, and I mean this with all sincerity. I love God with all my heart. And I want you to have that same feeling that I have. I want you to say that every single day of your life, you're going to live devoted and dedicated to Him. And that you will not fear any longer what somebody or something will do to you. Cancer has come your way. Financial hardship has come your way. Divorce has come your way. Well, guess what? There's freedom on the other side of that difficulty. There's freedom on the other side of the Red Sea. Oh God, have your way in this church today. Oh God, split this church wide open. Let His Shekinah glory flow out upon this congregation so that we are not just a congregation that comes to church to sit just to hear somebody read poetry, but to feel Almighty God and to leave this place revived yet exhausted because you know God for who He is.
Praise Him this morning. My wife and I every day pray for this congregation. And we pray for the souls of people. And I'm always, and I was, and I'm not any longer. I'm not afraid. Because I know that God said to me, no longer do you have to fear, Todd. This is my church. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This morning... Where are you standing? Where are you at? Are you still standing, looking back at the Egyptians as they're looking you in the eye and they're charging at you all that adversity and all those problems? Or have you said, God, I'm coming to you today. Open up the sea. Lord, let me feel your presence. Let me know I can be delivered and live a life holy and righteous. And as you walk through, you'll sense the presence and the power of Almighty God. I say this today to you, and I'm going to pray. We've all been at a place in our life, I really do believe, where we've had to make some decisions and some choices. And I didn't know why God laid this on my heart three weeks ago. But I do now, and He's revealing Himself to me. But I'm really burdened for our church. And if you're a guest, that's fine. Now you get to know we're burdened. I'm burdened for your soul. I'm burdened for where you're walking. What you're allowing in your life. You need to do a little checking in your heart and asking God, what have I allowed influence my eyes, my ears, my heart. Will you let go and let God do something in and through you today? Listen, I've been busy about the work of the Lord. Are you busy about the work of the Lord? Are you still standing in fear on the shore? Questioning, does He have power Or does he not? With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, nobody looking around, I want to ask you a question so that I can pray with you. Are you going through some adversity right now in your life? If you are, I don't care if it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, just go ahead. Quietly in the room, raise your hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you, amen. Thank you, thank you so much, thank you, amen, amen, amen. Thank you. You can put them down. This morning I'm going to pray with you. The same God that delivered the children of Israel is the same God that wants to deliver you if you'll let Him. The Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. He's here this morning. His presence is rich here. If you'll just allow Him, He'll he'll have His way in your life. It won't get any easier or better on the other side but you'll be able to experience and see the Shekinah glory of God. Let's all stand our feet with every head bowed and every eye closed before we sing. I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to ask everybody that raised their hand this morning. The altar call is open for you. We're not closing this altar call. It's for you because we want to pray for you. Pastor Chris, I want you to come right on up here if you would please and stand right here. 
right here at the corner. And if somebody comes forward and wants to pray, you see him. I'll be over here. If you want to pray, we're going to pray with you. And listen, deacons, leadership of this church, can you rally around people? Let's as a church start revival today. Let's get rid of those afflictions and adversity in our life and let God start to do a work in you. Listen, it just has to be a heart. This morning, maybe you want to just stand still and pray in your seat. I'll honor that as well. And so will God. Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, in awe of your presence and of your power. Lord, we come to you today from a simple story, but yet it's, it's amazing to me the miracle and the power and the authority that you have. Oh God, forgive me for not realizing that you are and have all authority and all power. Lord, I've sat back and, and sometimes I've become weary and tired and I've just allowed things to take place and God, I ask you to forgive me. And maybe, Father, for in areas of my life where I've said, well, I fear the outcome, so I've lacked in making a decision. But, Father, this morning there's many in the room that are just like me. Lord, we need You, and we need Your presence this morning. And so, God, for us to experience the power of Your love, for us to experience who You are, we need to surrender to that. We need to yield to that. Lord, prayer is praise, forgiveness, and adoration, and understanding. Lord, today, may we put aside fear, and may we live a life that is pleasing to You. May this church be a congregation that's pleasing to You. And Lord, may we take this story and learn from it to change our lives. Father, help us to not look back, but Lord, to remember your glory and your power today, that you can free us and cleanse us. So Father, in the quietness of this room, we stand here experiencing who you are. Lord, thank you that we can feel a touch of your mighty hand and of your arms that wrap around us to know that you'll forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, deliver us today. Move in your church. Set our souls afire, Lord. Set our souls afire. In your name we pray. Amen.